0: Well, good evening to everybody. You know, sometimes when you are asked to give a message to preach, it makes you very, you know, uneasy. And then there's other times where it just like makes you fall apart. Well, I'm going to say that this is the time that I just absolutely fell apart because everything that I wanted to preach was already preached. So it's really, it's really one of those interesting things. Those one of those other whoops. One of those other interesting things in the fact that. There is a message that has, like, on my heart for a long, long time, and never really had an idea of how to get it together. You know, and I think through this, through this 10 days that Pastor has been away, you know, we've had men of God that have actually preached what the Lord has put on their heart, because it all worked together. You know, we've come to this point at the last message before Pastor comes back, And, you know, I look at it and I'm like, every one of those messages, all the way from when Pastor, you know, preached his message on Wednesday night to Sunday morning when Brother Kerry this morning preached his message this morning, every one of them happened to go along with every single point and every single thing that I was like, well, I'll just do this. I'll just do this. And I was like, all right, well, all right, I guess I'm going to do them all. You know, so hopefully you've got your you know, comfy seats in. Hopefully you've got your your snack for this evening because it might be a while. (laughs) Or it might be like five minutes. So let me actually get my eyes on so I can see what I actually wrote. And let's see. Let's turn to the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 1. And I'm only going to read a couple verses here because there actually might only be one verse. But in Daniel chapter 1, the Bible tells us, In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem and besieged it. And then verse two, the Bible says, and the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure of his God. Lord, we thank you for this time that we have. We ask that you just continue to bless. Lord, we ask that you'll use this time that we have just to let us hear what you would have to speak to our hearts. Lord, And we ask that you'll just use me somehow to speak to people's hearts. Lord, I ask that you'll just um, use your word to speak to my heart as you already have. Lord, I ask that you continue to bless in your name. Amen. All right. Just as a little review, just because maybe you weren't here, maybe you didn't pay attention, as sometimes... I don't pay attention, I'll just admit it, when the, when the preacher's preaching. See, Wednesday night, Pastor preached a message that was called Blessed Through Betrayal. Blessed Through Betrayal. You know, he hit on a couple different things, like every time where you think that you're doing something right, and then you're betrayed by maybe somebody that you love, a friend, a family member, And I use those two different because sometimes you don't really love your family member. You just are adopted into it. You know, like in-laws, sometimes you don't really, sometimes it doesn't go so good. But then eventually, you know, as you both serve the Lord, it grows together. But you're blessed through betrayal. And we'll see, hopefully we'll be able to point out, or I'll be able to point out, that each time you have a betrayal by somebody or something, and then you have a blessing that follows. Sunday a.m., we had Brother Carey, and he preached on keeping your eyes on the Lord. are supposed to keep our eyes on the Lord no matter what happens in our lives. Always keep your eyes focused on what the Lord is doing, what he is trying to accomplish in your life and in other people's lives. Sunday p.m., we have the duties to mankind by Brother Zach. You know, we have a duty to mankind. We have a duty to our fellow brethren our fellow flesh and blood (laughs) without a better way to say mankind. We have a, we have a duty to them. We have, we have to be witnesses. We have to, we have to live a victorious personal life with Christ, you know, so that they can see what God can do and how he can bless not only Christians, but also how he can bless those people that don't know Christ because of Christians. Hopefully we'll be able to see that also. But Wednesday night, You know, we had a message that was um, by Brother Fred. Prepare to be absent from the body. Believe it or not, it's important. You have to be ready. You have to be ready. You never know at what point you're going to be called on to give your life for the Lord. Sometimes it may be like a duty or a calling that he has on your life that that he wants you to give. Or it may be physically your life for the Lord. Are you ready for it? Sunday a.m. this morning. Laboring for the lost. By Brother Carey. You see. We have a job that we're supposed to do. When you labor, you have a job. You have a work that you do. That's what we're supposed to do. That's that's the normal response that a Christian should have. What do you have for me to do? What can I do? How can I serve? How can I help? That's what we should be doing. So now I ask a question or the title of the message that I have is, why, Lord? Why? You ever ask that question to yourself? You ever been going through something that was so beyond your comprehension that you're like, why? I I, I don't understand. Why? And you just sit there and you, you're just floored by it. What's well, happened to me a couple of times in life? I'm not going to go into it too much, but the one that really floored me and and actually it was one of those times where I wasn't saved at the time. But I heard the gospel message. and was laying in a hospital bed and. Asked myself, why? Summarizing it all down, why? Why am I here? Why, Why did this happen to me? You know. You feel sorry for yourself at that point in time because you don't know the Lord. You're just like, oh, what this is all about, you know, hey, come on now. Really? I'm laying in the hospital bed. What did I do? But you know, you, everybody has that point or that time in their life. Even if you're a kid, maybe you're asking, why Why am I not able to do this? Why are my parents saying I can't do this? There's nothing wrong with what I want to do. Why can't I watch this show? Why can't I listen to this music? And you're, and you're questioning what's going on. Well, we've had 10 days, a 10 day period of preaching for men who just wanted to do their best to serve the Lord. And today we're going to take a look at this evening. We're going to take a, a look at four other individuals that just want to serve the Lord. They wanted to do the best that they could and just serve the Lord. Daniel chapter one, we know these stories. We know all about the and and, you know, I say a story, but, you know, on a side note. Everything in the Bible is not a story. You know, I found myself when I, when I was preaching to kids one time, I said, you know, I kept referring to everything in the Bible as a story. It wasn't a story. You know, these are actual history. This is actually what happened. It's just written down for us. And we, for some reason, we refer to them as stories, but it's actual fact. You know, so what's interesting to me is that in Daniel chapter one, we have a little fraction of what happened to the people of Israel. When when Nebuchadnezzar came in, Nebuchadnezzar, if you don't know, was a wicked, wicked ruler. He was a man that would go in and he would wipe out whole villages. He was a man that would go in and just take people captive. He would He would go in and he would be the man that, you know what, we're going to take the cream of the crop, the best of the best, and we're going to take them and we're going to bring them into our country and we're going to teach them our ways so that he can take all that and go back to that country and in turn, teach them how to do it our way. Forget about your way. Your way is over. You, you no longer exist. And we see like when Nebuchadnezzar took over the land of Israel, Israel was never the same. They never went back to that land. You see, they were. They were removed from their land for things that they did against God. And their judgment was Nebuchadnezzar. So here they are. We see in Daniel chapter one. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, those key people. There are others there, but we're going to just focus on those four. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and Daniel. They're all there, and they're in captivity. They're there in captivity, and they feel betrayed by God. You see, they were doing what they were supposed to do. They feel like, I mean, they were just trying to serve God. And that's evident because of what they did later on, because they purposed in their heart that they wouldn't defile themselves with the king's meat. You see, a lot of times we're there and we have a choice to make. When we're in captivity, when we're surrounded by wickedness in this world, like we are every single day, we're we're captivated. We're captivated. We're, we're stuck here. You you don't have a way to get out of the world. You can't leave. You know, Elon Musk hasn't gotten us to Mars yet. You know, so you're stuck here on Earth. You know, you, you're stuck here with everything that's going on, with everything that's going on in Ukraine. You got everything going on that's going on at your job site. You know, you're just stuck here. You got to live with it. And that's the same thing that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel are. They're all stuck there. They don't have a choice. They can't get out of it. They're captives. But you know what? They they decided that they were going to live for the Lord in spite of the circumstances that they were in. And when you when you do that, you do it intentionally. It's not an accident. It's not a thing that happens and you're just like, I I guess I'm going to serve the Lord. I guess so, because if you do that, it's going to last for about a millisecond. It's about it. You're going to be like, I ain't doing this anymore. This is too much torture. This is too much pain. This is too much agony. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, all were there. And you know what they ate? They didn't have the king's meat like everybody else around them. They were vegetarians. They ate pulse. Doesn't sound very good. Pulse and water. Mmm, yummy. You know, it does not sound very good to me. But that's what they ate. And they sacrificed all that because they didn't want to defile themselves with the king's meat. You see, the king's meat was offered to idols previously. That's why the king had it. He had the best of the best, and that best of the best was given to the idols. So that's what they ate. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, they purposed in their heart that they would not defile the Lord, defile themselves against the Lord. So we see that they had their... Let me turn to this page, because this is kind of interesting. Let's see, where am I at? Oh, here we are. Verse 17 in chapter 1. We see, As for these four children, God gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding of all visions and dreams. Now, at the end of the day, as the king had said that he should bring them in, then the princes and the eunuchs brought them In before Nebuchadnezzar and the king communed with them and among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael and Zechariah. That's Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego because their names were changed. Therefore stood they before the king and in all matters in wisdom and understanding that the king inquired of them. He found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers that were in all his realm. You see. When Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, when they all decided that they were going to sacrifice their own benefits, their own well-being and decided that they were going to serve the Lord in spite of everything that was going on around them. And they purposed that they were going to do it in their heart. They said, it doesn't matter what we what we lose or what we sacrifice. We're going to serve God. When they did that, God gave them a. Blessing to themselves. Now, this is an internal blessing. Nobody else saw this happen. Nobody else, you know, said, you know what? The Lord's got their hand on them. Nobody else could even see what was going on. But God gave them wisdom. All learning and wisdom and skill and knowledge. He just blessed them internally. He gave them way above anybody else. The Bible says in 10 times more than what anybody else around them had. So when we keep our eyes on God in those times when we don't have control over life circumstances, God will bless us in ways that we can't we couldn't do any other way. There's no other way that they could have gotten those blessings. No other way except serving and giving to God everything that they could at that point in time. When we're in captivity, that's what we're supposed to do. When we have no choice, But to serve God, serve God. It's pretty simple, but it's hard to do. Notice how Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were given knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom. And Daniel was given the ability to understand all visions and dreams. All these are blessings given to you internally and not outwardly. They're all internally. You know, what's interesting to me is like when we get saved, Your salvation is internal. Nobody else sees it. Nobody else can say, oh, you're saved because I can tell. You can't tell. You have clues the Bible gives us. Because if you if you are saved, you should be doing these things. You should be living this way. But I could be unsaved and do the same thing. I could just be a good person. You know, so I find it very interesting that Daniel chapter 1, we have an internal breath blessing. We as Christians, we have an internal blessing. It's salvation. It's our faith in God. It's our trust in him. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He's always there. But nobody else can tell that. Nobody else knows that. Except you. You're the only one that knows. Daniel chapter two. If you haven't figured out, we're going to go through Daniel chapter 1, Daniel chapter 2, Daniel chapter 3, and Daniel chapter 4. Yes, it's going to be a little while, but I think we'll get there. Nebuchadnezzar. It's his dream in chapter 2. We have the dream of Nebuchadnezzar. And let's see if I can find something here. In see. We see in Daniel chapter 2 that Nebuchadnezzar's dream, they're betrayed by life, just life in general. In verse 10, the Bible says the Chaldeans were, yeah, the Chaldeans answered before the king and said, there is not a man upon the earth that can show the king's matter. Because remember, the king said, he says, tell me my vision. Tell me my dream and then give me the interpretation of it. And then the Chaldeans come to him, they say, well, you tell us your dream and we'll tell you. And the king says, no, it's not going to work that way. Because if you really are of the gods, end quotes, you know, the little g's, then you'll be able to tell me what my dream is. And you'll be able to tell me the interpretation of it. So the Chaldeans, they answered in, in chapter, yeah, in chapter two, verse 10, the Chaldeans answered and said, And before the king, it said, there is not a man upon the earth that can show the king's matter. Therefore, there is no king, lord, nor ruler that ask such things of any magician or astrologer or Chaldean. Notice they left out something there. But anyways, and it is a rare thing that the king requireth. And there is none other that can show it before the king except the gods whose dwelling is not with flesh. For for this cause, the king was angry and very furious and commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. And the decree went forth that the wise men should be slain. And they sought Daniel and his fellows to be slain. Remember Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego from chapter one, where they were given all wisdom and knowledge. And Daniel was given the interpretation of dreams. Oh, they were wise men. And now their life is being sought after. So they're betrayed by their life, by just life circumstances. You know, sometimes we have we have a job that we do. And in that job, you have things that you you don't have a choice. You have to accomplish it. You have to do these things. Well, I mean, personally, I'll I'll use one example like a, a policeman. If you have if you're a policeman or a law officer of any sort, I mean, it might be called on you that you have to shoot somebody. It happens. I wouldn't want to be put there. I wouldn't want to be put in that situation. But that, that's their life. That's their job. That's what they do. You know, I'm lucky enough to be a fire alarm technician. Yes, that's right. Just a low, poor, lowly guy that makes a bunch of noise. And that's really about it. But, you know, I find it kind of interesting because when I started doing the work, I didn't ever put two and two together. But, you know, when, you're, when you work on fire alarms or fire in general, the whole purpose of it is to keep people from the fire. The whole purpose of it is to keep people out of the flame. The same thing that a Christian is supposed to do. A whole purpose is supposed to keep people out of the flame, keep people out of the fire. I just thought that was kind of interesting, a little side note. But anyways, um, when you're betrayed by life, when you're going through your normal day and and then all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, out of nowhere, you're hit with something and you have to make a choice, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel. Use your gifts, your blessings that you've been given by God from the previous lessons you've learned in life, like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, where they got gifts, knowledge, wisdom, and everything else that God gave them. When, when you have that in your life, use it when you're facing situations. That's what it's there for. God gave it to you to strengthen you, to help you be stronger in your faith, to help you to be you know, more secure in what God's doing in your life. You see, we have a duty to mankind. You see, this is following along with some things. We have a duty to mankind. Serve others and help where you can. You see, because further on down the road here, in Daniel chapter 2, verse 14, the Bible says, then Daniel answered with counsel and wisdom. That's the two blessings that they were given earlier in chapter 1 to Arioch the captain of the king's guard which was done yeah which was gone forth to slay the wise men of babylon he answered and said to arioch the king's captain why is the decree so hasty from the king then arioch made the, the thing known unto daniel he didn't know why he was being killed he didn't have a clue just like sometimes we'll, we'll face stuff in life we have no clue why this is happening why are we having to go through this we don't know Then Daniel went in and desired of the king that he would give him time and that he would show the king the interpretation. Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known unto Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions. Again, that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning his secret. That Daniel and his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. So, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and Daniel were there, and they used the blessings that God gave them to not only pray and help themselves, but also the others. Because you see, the whole stay was stopped. The slaying of all the wise men was stopped at that point in time. When Daniel went to the king, went to the the captain and he said, hold on a second, bring me before the king and I'll tell them his dream. Daniel didn't know what his dream was. Daniel didn't know what the interpretation was at that point in time. Daniel just knew that he could pray to God and get that answer. It's the same thing that we have. We have that same power. We have the same ability. We can pray and ask God anything. Anything. Doesn't matter how big it is. Doesn't matter how small it is. Doesn't matter how impossible we think it might be. We can ask God anything and he'll hear it. He may not answer the exact way we intend. He may not give you the million dollars that you wanted, but you know what? He might give you that million dollar family. You know, I wouldn't give anything for my family. Yeah, my in-laws included. I wouldn't give anything for my family. You see, we're blessed sometimes way beyond what we even think. But pray, ask God, seek God's wisdom. And that's what they did in verse 17 through 18. Then thank God. Thank God after he gives you the blessing. We see in in, 19 verse, you know, in verse 19, then the sequence was revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And he does that all the way through verse 23. Thanks God for the answers that he was given. When When you're blessed by God, when God does something for you, do you just take it and just run with it? Or do you thank him for it? He didn't have to bless you. He didn't have to do that thing. You see, God's not indebted to you that he has to do this or he has to do that. He owes us nothing. Nothing. I think if we, if we really get to the point where we realize, and I, myself included, if we get to the point where we realize that God owes us nothing, it'll be a life changing event. Life changing. In the verse 24, through 45, the Bible says. Therefore, Daniel went unto an Ariok, whom the king ordained to destroy the wise men of Babylon. He went and thus said unto him, destroy not the wise men of Babylon. Bring me before the king. And I will show unto the king the interpretation. Then Ariok brought Daniel before the king in haste and said unto, the, unto him, I have found a man of the captives of Judah. That will make known unto thee the, the king. Yeah, make unto make known unto the king the interpretation. You see, all those wise men and astrologers—they missed. They missed that the God of the Jews. Oh, they missed that God that would be able to tell man what was going on, because the God of the Jews dwells with man. He he helps us. He helps us get through all those quandaries, those, those life betrayals that we have. He helps us. When we take our duties to man, yeah, when we take our duty to mankind seriously, we will serve others with the blessings God has given to us. When he kept, When we keep our eyes on him, Through those personal trials, we are able to pray for those for their needs and to share with them what God has shown you to encourage them and to put them in to point them to Christ. God may also bless you openly by seeing by seeing them get saved or by them, by giving you boldness to stand up and to be secure in how God hears and answers prayer. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego were blessed openly for their praying and trusting by, by, yeah, trusting God by them giving high positions. You see, when they did all this, yeah, they were suffering. They suffered because their life was in jeopardy. Is your life in jeopardy? No. Those people in China, those missionaries in China, their lives are in jeopardy. You know, their, their lives, they're making a, a personal choice to give their life to the Lord. Would we be able to do that? Would I be able to do that? I don't know. But you know, if you come to a point and you realize that God doesn't owe you anything, he doesn't owe you life. He doesn't owe you anything. You'd be more than willing to give the one that saved your soul from hell, from fire, for eternal flames anything he wants. See, I... I, I've been trying to work on this and I I say this on the side, this message for literally, I will say, probably two years. And every time I would get to a certain point. I couldn't get beyond it. I couldn't get beyond it. Why? Because I felt so convicted I had to put it aside. Because you feel so inadequate to do anything for the Lord. I do. I feel inadequate to even be able to stand up and say anything, you know. When you when you feel like you're at a point of you know I got this. When you, when you get to that point, and I'm kind of jumping ahead because Nebuchadnezzar got to the point where he felt like he had this, but when you get to a point of feeling like you've got this, you ain't got nothing. You ain't got nothing. You 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 haven't figured out even the 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 first word yet. That's how close you've gotten. Daniel chapter 3, we see the fiery furnace. Everybody knows that story. Everybody knows the story of the fiery furnace. You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they're standing there. Why are they standing? They're standing there because the king made a big statue, huge, giant, golden statue that was so big. It. You read some people. I wasn't there. They weren't there either, you know, but you just. Listen to, like, what they have to say, or you read what they have to say, and, and they say that it would light up, when the sun, sun shone on it, it would light up that whole area, just because of the reflection off the gold from the sun. So, when the music played, you were supposed to bow down to this image. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego didn't do that. Why didn't they do that? They were, they were, like, promoted in chapter 2, they were promoted to be like the rulers of those areas, of Babylon at this point, in this, in this area. And they chose that they were going to continue to stand. Well, when you stand and everybody else is bowing down, they're not just kneeling down. They're not just like squatting. They're bowing down. Their faces are planted on the ground. And you're standing up. You're pretty obvious you're standing up and everybody else is not. You know, so, take a stand for God. When things, when your faith betrays you, when you're betrayed by your faith, your stand for the Lord, stand for the Lord. It doesn't matter what the cost is. See, they were facing death, just like those in China. They were, they were said, if you don't bow down, you get thrown in the furnace. Well, all right, we're not bowing down, so I guess we're getting thrown in the furnace. So they were prepared to be absent from the body. Are we ready? Are we prepared to be absent from the body? I, I hope it never happens in America, but there could be a point in time where we have to give our lives For Christ. Are you secure in your faith? Are you firm on what you believe? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were secure in their belief. They knew that if they bowed down before this idol, they would be breaking one of the Ten Commandments. And they weren't going to do it. We trust God so much that we're not going to bow down to this idol. It doesn't matter the cost. When your faith betrays you, you have a choice to make. You can stand up as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, or you can deny it all like Peter when he denied Christ and betrayed him by, and the rooster betrayed him. We have a choice. We could stand, or we can run, but you have a choice. See, when, when Peter ran, he was broken. God looked at him eye to eye, and he went away weeping and thought his life was over. It's the same thing that would happen to you. You bow down in a circumstance like that. You deny Christ. Oh, you know Christ, right? And you say, who? Christ? Big C? Maybe. And then that is over, and... You're gonna be kicking yourself for the rest of your life for that. If, if that's happened to you, just give it to the Lord. He'll save you. Uh, he'll save you, of course he will. But, he'll help you to get over it. He got Peter gave it to him. Remember? He had that conversation with, with Christ when he came back after the crucifixion. And he got it right. Went to be, went to go on and be a, a great man for the Lord. But, we see shadrach meshach and abednego were so confident because everything that they went through for their life, through their life already you know they were captives they already faced they already stood in front of of pharaoh over nebuchadnezzar stood there face to face they prayed they they were saved from death one time Because they already went through trials in life. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were able to stand when the, when the troubles came. The best thing about choosing God over the world is that God will be with you in the fire. You still have to go through it, but like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you're able to bring glory and honor to the God through it in God's testimony before man is strengthened. Verse 49, or yeah, I'm sorry, verse 29, the Bible says. Let me get there, because we're in chapter 3. 29. The Bible tells us, Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, and language, this is Nebuchadnezzar speaking, language which speak anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces in their houses, shall be made dunghill because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. You see, Nebuchadnezzar, you remember that wicked king? I'm going to have to cut down a little bit, but his life is being changed. His life is being affected. And lastly, Daniel chapter 4. The Bible tells us, in Daniel chapter 4, Sometimes you're betrayed by your own words. Daniel chapter 4, the focus kind of shifts over to somebody else. It's no longer Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but it's turned to Nebuchadnezzar. They're still used, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel. They're all still being used. But in verse 8, chapter 4, verse 8, the Bible tells us, but at the last Daniel came in before me whose name was Belshazzar according to the name of my God and in him yea in and in whom is a spirit of the holy gods and before him I told the dream saying O Belshazzar master of the magicians and then he goes on and tells him the whole dream for sake of time we see that Daniel was a faithful witness. He, he told Nebuchadnezzar the dream in spite of the fact that it was not good. This was not a good interpretation. Daniel was standing there and his life was in jeopardy. The king could have said, you're nuts to the furnace with you. You're nuts to the gallows, whatever. I mean, he could have, he could have wiped them out right then. He could have killed them right then. But Daniel stood there and he told the king exactly what God told him to say. In verse 10 through 18, verse 10 through 18, the Bible says, thus were the visions of mine head in my bed. I saw and behold a tree in the midst of the earth and the height thereof was great. And this is, again, Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And Nebuchadnezzar is asking Daniel. He's going to Daniel and he's saying, please tell me what this means. Tell me what all this means. I don't understand. I don't understand. And then God speaks. And what's interesting is God didn't just start speaking to Nebuchadnezzar right then. Way back in chapter one. God introduces to Nebuchadnezzar four faithful witnesses. Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he saw how they were blessed by God. Chapter two. God shows Nebuchadnezzar that he is a God of gods and a Lord of kings. That's what Nebuchadnezzar himself said. And Nebuchadnezzar sees your God. He identifies it as your God. How many times have we been told, you know, your God? Your God is, is different. The God, you, the, whoever you serve, whoever you worship is different. You're different. Something's different. See, it's your God. Chapter three, Nebuchadnezzar asks a question. Who is, in verse 15, he says, who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hand? Remember that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Oh, he showed him. God answered his question. God answered his question. Nebuchadnezzar sees the son of God in the fiery furnace. That's which God? That's whose God? That's the God that's delivered him. We also see that Nebuchadnezzar recognizes God as the most high God, but not the one and only true God yet. Nebuchadnezzar, through all of that, still denied that God was, and was the God of the entire world, of the entire universe, of everything. He is the only God. You see... The whole purpose, I think, that we go through what we go through as Christians is to be a witness, to be a testimony to the unsaved. The whole reason we have troubles and trials and heartache in our life is so that the world can see what it's like to be a God-loving Christian. Do we live that way? Do I live that way? I have to say, most of the time, sad to say, no. No, I don't. Half the time, most of the time, sometimes. I mean, you can name it any other time. I'm sure anybody in here could never say, oh, yeah, I do that all the time. Anytime the opportunity is given, I'm there. No. You see, like Brother Kerry preached this morning, laboring for the lost, we join with God in his plan that all should trust Him. This is why we as Christians go through all those trials and tribulations in life. It is not only for God to bless and strengthen us. because oh we are blessed and strengthened every time we go through a trial. When you come to the other end of that trial, when you go to the other end of that fiery furnace, that trial that you think you're never going to make it through, yet you do, you're strengthened. You're made stronger in your faith. You believe God for more things than you did before that trial, before that whatever it was. Every time you feel like, you know, I've gotten to this point, or I've I've gotten so confident in myself like Nebuchadnezzar did. You see, Nebuchadnezzar got to a point where he said. Oh, wait, let me turn there, you know, because it's pretty interesting and I got a couple minutes. Well, I'll make a couple minutes. Now, Nebuchadnezzar. Wait a minute, that's not the right place. And all this came upon Nebuchadnezzar. And at the end of 12 months, in verse 28, at the end of 12 months, walked in the place of the kingdom of Babylon. The king spake and said, is not this great Babylon that I have built for the the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? While the word was in the king's mouth, There fell a voice from heaven. Judgment fell on him. We know how that story goes. He became a wild man. He ate grass and and whatever else animals eat when they're grazing. For seven years he was like that. Seven years. Sometimes when we, or we'll say, The lost. Because that's really what it's about right here. Nebuchadnezzar, when it turns to Nebuchadnezzar, it's talking about the lost world. The lost world. Needs a Christian to be a testimony to him. Just like myself, I had a testimony. I had a witness that was given to me prior to me getting saved. I told the. I told this before, um, one of the last times I preached, there was a little handicapped girl, mentally challenged girl that I was working with, and she gave me the plan of salvation. I didn't want to hear it. I had no time for it. I was busy. I had better things to do. I was working at Wendy's. You know, but um, I had no time for it. But, you know, God had different plans. Because it wasn't a month later, I was laying in the hospital bedroom. Many things transpired through that. Many things changed in my life. You see, when I went through that, just like Nebuchadnezzar had his trials in life, the lost will go through a trial in life and you have to make a decision. I was brought to a place where I had to make a decision. It was either at this point, you trust the Lord as Savior, or through circumstances in life, you weren't going to be here anymore. You see, there's much to that story that I'm not going to share openly, just because it's not the time. But God will work in our lives to bring you to a point in your life as an unsaved person I'm referring to, that you have to make a decision. Nebuchadnezzar was brought to that point where he had to make a decision. And Nebuchadnezzar chose. In my thinking. Verse 37. The Bible says. Now I Nebuchadnezzar praise and extol and honor the king of heaven. All whose works are truth. and his ways. Judgment. And those that walk in pride. He is able to obey. I believe Nebuchadnezzar trusted. God that's what I think I think Nebuchadnezzar trusted God as a Christian as as a believer in Christ our whole purpose in life is to see people saved that's why we're here we're here to glorify God and bring honor to his name and see the lost trust him. We all have different abilities. We all have different, like, skills, learnings, blessings in our lives. Not every Christian in here is the same. You can read throughout the Bible. Every one of them are different. But they all have one purpose. That one purpose is to see people's lives come to Christ. That's what it's all about. Everybody's head is bowed. Everybody's eyes are closed. Lord, we stand here and we, we just thank you for the message that we've heard. We thank you for the, the message of, of the book of Daniel, chapters 1 through 4, and how Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel all stood for you. We've heard through these last few uh, messages, for the last 10 days, how you've used each creature to not only... Preach the message already that I was just trying to preach and and give for you, Lord, but to reinforce this message. Lord, I thank you for all that you're doing for us. Help us to live for you. Help us to always put you above everything else in life, no matter what the cost is, no matter if it means giving our lives for you. Lord, I ask that you'll just be with this invitation, Lord. We ask that you'll just speak to people's hearts, help them to make decisions for you, Help us all just to serve you more and to love you more, Lord. We thank you for that you're doing your name. If the Lord spoke to your heart, you can either make it right there in your seats or come forward. It makes no difference to me. I'm, I'm not, I'm not one to say, you know, how good a message went or not, you know, by the altar call. But if the Lord spoke to you. Get it right. Try to do better. We're not perfect. There's no way we can be perfect. If we could, Christ wouldn't have to die for us. that we've had just to learn about you to hear your word Lord we ask that you help us to take the message Lord and, and speak to our hearts continually even through our life's journey Lord help us to always remember that you're in control over everything in our life Lord, we thank you for those that have came forward and we thank you for those that have made decisions at their seats Lord and we thank you for all that you're doing for us, Lord, we praise your name, and give you honor in your name. Amen. You know, it reminds me, I was sitting or standing up here. I'm not really sitting, I'm standing. But as I was standing up here, it reminded me of a question I was asked one time. This is a, a graduate of a college. We're sitting down to eat and he asked me a question. Graduated from a Bible college. Asked me a question. Did I, did I say he graduated from a Bible college? Alright, he, alright, I just want to make sure. Because he asked me a question. He said, if there's a family, oh, and by the way, he was a missionary kid from a country other than America. But he asked me if, if there was, if there was a person Way out in the deep woods somewhere. Let's just say he was way out in the the desert. I don't know any desert missionaries. That's why I say that. Way out in the desert. And he truly wanted to know God. Could he be saved? Could he be saved? You know what my answer was? Not without a preacher. Not without a preacher. How's he going to know God? How's he going to know Christ without a preacher? The world creation speaks of God and it shows his handiwork. He doesn't know. This man doesn't know about Christ. He doesn't know that Jesus died for his sins. How's this man gonna know that he needs a savior? He's not gonna know without a preacher. And he looked at me and he said, really? I said, Yeah. So it got me to thinking. How many times have we been told by God. To do something that we haven't done it. You see. There could be nations, there could be countries, there could be cities, there could be. Homes. Homes. They don't have a preacher. You see, without Christ, and this time, you can't be saved. So my answer, he's not going to know. And you know what that person's doing right now? sitting on his backside playing video games probably knowing that he was called to be a missionary to a field i don't want to be that guy i don't want to be the guy that has to stand before god and say uh yeah you're right i should have went i don't want to be that guy what do you you, you have nothing you can say all those people And you say, oh, well, maybe God will send somebody else. Maybe you are that last somebody else. I don't know. You don't know. We're not God. We don't know everything. Just looking for someone to pray for me. But Fred, you want to pray? Thank you.